When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah 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 I had this really great idea that I could intro the podcast with a cute little jingle like yeah 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 ooh or ah ah oh but um there's a small a, just a small little problem that I can't actually sing. So other than that, uh, I hope that you enjoyed. I hope that it was something that really felt warm in your earbuds. Uh, it really just helped welcome you to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted, where we love to sing and we don't discriminate against bad singers. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Probably for the last week or so, I have been listening nonstop to the Philip DeFranco podcast. Actually, that's a lie. I've been watching it on YouTube because I think it's a little bit more interesting to watch the guest sit down and talk to Philip DeFranco because he has the most interesting people on. And let me just tell you, as I press record and start recording this podcast, I feel so self-conscious because Philip's production quality, his guests, his hosting abilities, everything is just top-notch. And also, the entire idea just around having a conversation with interesting people, notable people, a lot of times it's YouTubers or authors or people that have just established themselves in the space so predominantly, to me is just beyond impressive. And I'm sitting here like a little old peanut, or like my family calls it, peanut. We call our dog Tiffany peanut, but a lot of times it just comes out like peanut because we say it so fast or pumpkin. So I'm just sitting over here like a little peanut. I'm like, hi, y'all. Welcome back to Don't Get It Twisted. It's just me here in my closet. Anybody listening? I find myself doing this all the time, though. Like, I will sit here and compare myself to Philip DeFranco, who's been on YouTube for years. Like, I actually think he's probably been on YouTube for over 10 years. Maybe wrong. Regardless, this guy is so well established. And I think about all of these influencers in the space, and sometimes it just makes me feel so down on myself because I compare myself to all of these people who are so well established. And I always kind of go off on this trail in my head and I think about the difference between influencers and an influential person. I actually listened to a little bit of a short dialogue on this on TK's Juicy Pod. If any of you know who Taylor King is, she goes by TK, but I take a lot of inspiration from her in general. I feel like we honestly would be the best of friends. And I'm not even just saying that. I genuinely think our personalities would mesh so well. And I just really respect her production quality and how driven she is. And I just love how she's just herself. And that's what people love about her. And she has this episode of her podcast, TK's Juicy Pod, where she started talking about this idea, the difference between being an influencer and being an influential person. And TK alluded to this Instagram account called Charlie. Literally, it's just at Charlie C. H-A-R-L-I-E. And he has all of these amazing graphics on his channel. And he's really just all about positivity and being authentic and genuine. And he did this one post where he took a picture of this whiteboard that he drew all over. And the whiteboard says, influencers versus influential people. 
And on the left side of the whiteboard, it says influencers. I am perfect. Follow me. I am rich. Follow me. I am so successful. Follow me. I am nothing like you. Follow me. And then on the right side of the whiteboard, it says influential people. Michael Jordan. I was cut from my high school basketball team. Oprah. I struggle with my weight. The Rock. I had $7 left in my bank account. Steve Harvey. I slept in my car for three years. And then it says, I am just like you. Follow me. And at the very bottom of the whiteboard, it says, it's time to start being honest on social media at Charlie. And this kind of stuff always gets to me. Like, I'm not a sucker for inspirational speakers, motivational speakers, anything like that. I think a lot of times I end up almost going in the opposite direction. Like, oh, I don't feel influenced. I feel almost like I'm digging myself into a self-pity hole after hearing how successful other people are. Like, sometimes I actually end up getting more stress and anxiety after listening to motivational speakers because it just kind of spirals me down this path of what I haven't done, which is absolutely terrible, but I'm just being honest. But when I was hearing this on TK's pod, and then I went over to Charlie's Instagram to find this picture of his whiteboard, I feel like this is what sums up what I'm thinking about all of the time. With my small little platform, my little my little peanut of a platform, how can I be a positive influence? Like this is something I'm thinking about honestly every single second of the day. I don't want to be an influencer. In fact, I actually never even intended to be an influencer. I never thought that was something I'd ever be good at because genuinely I wouldn't be. I just want to be a friend. That's why I end up calling everybody who watches my YouTube channels, everybody, you listening to my podcast. That's why I call you all my friends because like shit, that's literally what you are to me. Being an influencer means that I'm on a higher pedestal than you. And that's absolutely never something I will ever obtain, something I ever want to obtain or something that is even fun for anybody. Like who wants to place somebody on a pedestal? I think something that's always been on my mind, especially when it came to me being so hesitant to start my YouTube channel was because I thought I don't look like these other people on Instagram. I don't look like these other people on YouTube. I don't have this kind of like, God, how do I even put it? For example, if I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed, I can pick it apart like crazy because all of my pictures are not curated. Nothing about them makes sense. Nothing is the same filter. Nothing, nothing about my feed makes it look like it's been put together. It's not been curated like so many other people with millions of followers definitely look like they are able to do. I just have never thought I was successful at doing something like that, especially on social media. Maybe it's just because like, I don't know how to take good photos, or maybe I don't know how to do my makeup properly. Like whatever it is that keeps me from feeling like I'm good enough, that's always in the back of my mind. I could never be an influencer because my feed, my YouTube channel, my makeup routine does not look like X, Y, or Z's routine because they're an influencer and I'm not, I'm Taylor. And honestly, I I don't want to be that person. Like I want to share the fact that when I record videos and I'm maybe eating like somebody for a day or I'm working out like somebody for a day, I want to show you that I'm struggling through this workout. I want to show you that it wasn't easy for me. I want to show you that I'm sweating, even though it's gross and it's kind of weird. But I want to just present those facts because they're honest and that's genuine. And I'm sure you're probably in a very similar boat. I want to show you that I've had a very rocky fitness journey. I want to share the reality that not everybody in the industry needs to be a size zero, even if you're into fitness, but rather you can be any size that you are. 
I want to be able to highlight all creators of all genders, all races, all abilities. And even today, like in this podcast, when I'm talking about this theme, which I literally haven't even talked about yet, but I promise I'm alluding into it. When I'm talking about motivation, I want to highlight ways, real ways that help me stay motivated. And honestly, it takes a lot for me to get motivated. Like, let me just tell you first and foremost, it takes a lot for me to be motivated when it comes to anything, when it comes to sitting down to doing work, to working out, to eating well, to even just resisting the temptation to eat an entire bag of pretzels even though I want to, I genuinely have to strictly follow tips that I have or strictly follow a schedule if I can even get myself to follow a schedule. Otherwise, I can let myself just get sucked into the couch. I can get sucked into wasting my day away because I just feel so dang unmotivated that I don't want to do anything. So to me, this is what is influential. I want to give you some real ways that actually help me when I'm down because for me, if somebody told me I am so productive and I wake up before the sun rises and I do 100 push-ups every single morning the minute I wake up and I live a perfect life, perfectly curated on Instagram, I am out the door. Like that did nothing for me actually whatsoever. Like even if people are very well-intentioned, I just feel like sometimes that just makes me feel so down on myself. And that's definitely a personal problem. It's something I'm wanting to work on fixing with myself as well. But there are very few circumstances where somebody being more put together than me actually makes me motivated. Probably a good example of this is when I look to work out with people or be instructed by people who know more about the industry than myself or who are more athletic, more in shape than myself. Because ultimately, let's say I go on a run with somebody who is two times faster than me. I'm going to want to do my best to keep up with them. And then ultimately, I'm going to end up getting better because I'm pushing myself to be as good as that person who's running faster than myself. But oftentimes when you don't get the full picture, you don't get people being authentic about it, I think is when I just start to feel feel so bleh. I don't even know if there's good enough words for it. Now, the reason why being motivated or trying to stay motivated is so important to me is because I think I am actually very inherently lazy. And I mean this so genuinely. I am the first person to say, let's have a rest day. Let's take a break. Let's do nothing all day long. Like so many days out of the week, I would probably be content sitting on the couch in my pajamas with the blinds closed watching Netflix all day long. Like that sounds pretty darn wonderful to me. At the end of the day, sometimes I start to feel like, oh my gosh, did I waste my day away? Did I feel like I should have done more with my day? But most of the time, I'm enjoying every single moment of it. For as long as I can even remember, growing up in my home, we were always the lazy bunch. Like you've heard of the Brady Bunch, we were the lazy bunch. And I don't mean we're like a lazy family, but we just love our rest time. Even on Christmas morning, like all of my friends would wake up at 5 a.m., they'd wake their parents up, they'd storm downstairs, they'd try and, you know, rip open the presents, blah, blah, blah. And we were the ones where our parents had to wake us up because it was slowly pushing like 10 or 11 a.m. The day is slipping away from us. And my parents are like, all right, we want to go open our presents. Let's go downstairs. And even then my sisters are like, okay, but we got to brush our teeth. We got to do our skincare. Like they take their darn dandy time because we're just kind of lazy and we don't really want to do anything other than stay in our pajamas. That's actually a pretty strict rule of mine, now that I mention it. I have been very firm with my family that I don't like doing anything on Christmas. And my ultimate goal 
all day long on Christmas is to wear my Christmas pajamas from Christmas Eve to Christmas night. Um, maybe I shower, maybe I don't, but I really don't want to do anything all day long. And I fully intend to stay in my pajamas while doing that. Like that is my dream. I just, I love my rest. I love my sleep. And I feel like because my sisters and I also love this, then it makes it easier to be lazy when we're all around one another as well. So I've always had a little bit of laziness, you know, inherently in me. So flashback to about a few months ago when I learned I was going to be let go from my work, I had two thoughts. One, I was either going to be this new woman, this glamorous, productive queen who was going to get so much shit done, get my life together and make seven loaves of banana bread a day, which by the way, I never actually did. I felt like that was a bit of a trend for a moment, but nope, never made banana bread in this house. Or my second and much more realistic thought, which I always try and convince myself is not the truth, but I know deep down is really the reality, was that I was going to enjoy every sweet moment of my ability to finally rest. Ah, goo lagoon. (laughs) But when I get into this rest mode, it is so hard for me to jump out of it. Even if I take a rest day off of a fitness program, like when I was following Chloe Ting's Summer Shred or what was her other one I did? The Hourglass program. Very kindly, Chloe incorporates a rest day maybe every three or four days in the program, which is very smart to do. I think that is something that is very wise, especially when you're looking to make good progress. Your body needs rest to improve and progress. So I was like, yes, thank you so much, Chloe. That's very nice of you. But for whatever reason, after I would take my rest day and I would not work out for just that one day, the next day it would feel like the absolute bane of my existence. It would take me, I think, the entire day to start working out. It would take me so darn long to even just motivate myself to get in that mindset of putting on my workout clothes, going to the gym, or just doing it in my living room wherever I was trying to do the workout at the moment. Which now that I think of it, did I do both of those programs in quarantine? Did I? Or did I do one of them before? What? Well, oh my God. Either way, wow, holy crap time has passed this year. Good, probably for the best. But yeah, it's so hard for me to get out of my days of rest. So I have some very real tips that I live by. I have to ingrain in myself because otherwise I will not be productive. I am a very ambitious person. I have a lot of goals. I have a lot of dreams, but I love my rest. I want to be an eternal couch potato for the rest of my life. And if I could be an eternal couch potato and still somehow make a living, then maybe that kind of sounds like my my dream. Like, you know how they pay people to do tests on them when they're sleeping? Like, you can go get a sleep test done. Maybe I should do that. Like, maybe I could invest in that. Ugh, I don't know. Maybe at a different time. Maybe that's not the best thing to like share beds in this time. But these are some of my tips for just staying motivated. And I also want to say I'm sharing these tips right now almost as a little little pep talk to myself also as a way to get my shit together for the day. I still haven't worked out. I definitely need to do that. But I I am not this way all of the time. I am definitely not motivated 100% of the time. I think I've explained that well enough now. These are the things that I know work. These are the things that I know I can continually repeat to myself and eventually I will get up and get my butt going. But sometimes I'm just lazy and you know, I guess that's okay. But for now, tips to help you. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The biggest thing I can say first and foremost is start small. Because when I get into these ruts and I start thinking of all of the things I haven't done, I instantly spiral and spiral and spiral. I'll start telling myself, I haven't worked out. I haven't edited that video yet. I haven't filmed that other video. I need to record my podcast. I need to edit my podcast. I just keep going and going. And I think when I start small and I tell myself, Taylor, all you need to do for the next hour is workout. That's all I want you to do. It's almost like I'm my own coach inside my brain. Like future Taylor is telling current Taylor what to do and how to act. I think that sounds a little bit strange, but I start small and then I feel a lot more accomplished when I can just check off that one task I knew I told myself I was going to get done. Don't tell yourself you need to do 16 things just today. Just start with one thing. Start with your one thing and then you can move on to the next. Or maybe if you're thinking about the entire day, you're not breaking it down by hour or by sections of the day. Tell yourself you're going to get three major things done, whether that's answering your emails, whether that's doing a workout, whether that's making a really good meal for dinner, whatever it is, make sure that you have just a few things that you know you are certain that you can accomplish. You're not giving yourself too big of a project that's going to set you up for failure. And then you're going to feel really good when you can check those things off at the end of the day. My next tip is to utilize your productive mojo when it hits you. Now, let me give you an example to explain the context of this. I normally take every single Tuesday, almost like my Sunday, like it's the day I don't really try and do anything. I don't give myself any expectation of getting any work done. It's just my day to do pretty much whatever I want. And I love that. But for whatever reason, this past Tuesday, I had a lot of just really positive, productive energy in me. And I had this mentality of I could do nothing all day long. I could sit and watch the politician. I could sit and watch dear white people. I could literally do nothing. I could stare at the ceiling and listen to Taylor Swift's new album. Like I didn't have to do absolutely anything. But for some reason, I just had this great energy in me. And I was like, no, I really want to film today. I'm in the mood to do something. I want to go and do X, Y, or Z outside. I want to edit. I want to do this. And I feel like I could have told myself, no, like it's your rest day. Don't do anything. But If I know how fluctuating my productive energy is, which it very much is, then I knew that pretty much by the next day that could be gone. Like I might not always be in that mindset of wanting to get shit done. So you know what I did? I got shit done. I didn't end up taking a huge rest day because I just didn't feel like I really needed it as much. And that's not to say that you should ignore your rest, but you know those times when you start to do like one load of laundry and then you're like, damn, this feels good. Like not the act of doing the laundry, but you know, you just start to feel so productive. You're like, no, I can check this off my checklist. I can keep going. Like I'm feeling good right now. Use that productive energy to your benefit. Keep going. And then you're going to feel so much better because you already are in that productive mindset. And then you did more than you were even telling yourself you were going to accomplish. I don't mean to keep ironically using this, but don't get this twisted either. Like take your rest days when you have them. But I'm just saying any day of the week when you have that productive rush come over you, use it, keep going, 
and maybe you'll feel even better about yourself because you were so productive. And a lot of times that can spiral in a really positive way for the rest of the week because you remember how good you felt when you were being productive. Now, I know a lot of you are always asking me about motivation for working out, which I really appreciate and love because I think in some ways I've set this image of myself that I consistently do workouts or I'm always working out. And that is true. I do work out all the time, but I never want this also to be misconstrued as I am always motivated because trust me, I'm not. Let's say you really want to do a workout program, or maybe you just kind of want to get yourself a little bit more active than you have been. Make a commitment to work out every single day for just one week. And when I mean every single day, you could even take that as Monday through Friday. Make a commitment to work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, every single day. I would do this so much when I was in school because so often I would tell myself on Sunday, I'm going to work out every single day of the week. And then Tuesday comes and I start to realize, well, shit, I have a paper to write. I have an exam the next day. I have two quizzes coming up that I really have not even thought about. I have work to do. I have a job. I have club meetings. Like everything would start to pile up. And then I would end up putting my health, my priorities on the back burner because of temporary short-term things like getting my homework done, for example. But I know when I'm not fogged up in that moment of feeling so overwhelmed with schoolwork that I will absolutely be more productive if I take literally 20 minutes, 30 minutes to clear my head, to walk on the treadmill, treadmill, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, to go to the gym, to go outside. And I know also like if I wasn't taking those 20, 30 minutes to work out, I would end up using that time accidentally on my phone. Like the time is going to pass either way. Like I could continually lie to myself and say, oh, I don't have time for it. But I know I do. Like I know I could make 30 minutes work. And if I couldn't, that means I need to get my ass up 30 minutes earlier in the morning and go to the gym before my day starts. But making a commitment to work out just every single day for a few days in a row helps you so much. It helps your mindset. It helps me feel so clear-minded. Like for example, I always try and work out before I even do this podcast because I feel like my thoughts are a lot clearer. I feel a lot more accomplished. I just feel like I can relax a little bit more. Like you're never going to regret taking taking 30 minutes to go and do a workout. So take your 30 minutes, commit for an entire week and just get it done. Now, another thing that really helped me out with workouts, especially in school, was finding a really good program that I loved and that I could stick to. For me, the ones that stuck out to me were anything by Grace Beverly. I did two of her guides, I think, when I was in school. Kate Taylor, I did one or two of her guides. It doesn't really matter whose it is, but if you can find an organized program that helps you stay on track and stay consistent, it will make you feel so much more motivated. It will make you feel like you are committed to something, almost like you are feeling obligated to do this for yourself, especially if the workout program, which I would say most of them do, have some sort of workout split. Like let's say, for example, it's a weightlifting program and you're doing your legs on Monday, your back and your triceps on Tuesday, you're doing cardio on Wednesday. I would feel so much more inclined to stick to the program because if I didn't do my legs on Monday, then I would feel like, shit, I have to catch up somehow by doing legs and back and triceps on Tuesday, or either way, I would just feel like in my head, I'm behind. Like I don't work out 
I'm playing catch up all week long. Does that mean I end up having to miss a certain muscle group? Does that mean I'm skipping a workout? Like just the idea of having an organized program can help me stay organized. But I also cannot stress enough how important it is to actually find a program that you enjoy and also one that you won't end up resenting. Because if you just feel like you're doing a program just to follow the steps or just to say that you went to the gym, that's not going to do you any good either. Like the gym has to be a place for you that is going to help relieve stress. It's going to make you feel better about yourself. But if you're doing a program because you're like, well, I just I should do this program. Like, I'm just trying to find something to commit myself to. That's not going to help you at all. Sure, you're probably going to get a good workout in, but maybe if you're not even invested in it, it's not going to end up getting you as great of results as if you were more excited about it. You're not going to get as great of endorphins. You know, it's just the list goes on. So find something that you genuinely like, and maybe that's not a full set program. Maybe that's just choosing different workouts from different people who inspire you because, hey, maybe you really like these back workouts from X person and you really like these leg workouts from the other person. And I ended up doing that a lot too. And then in the end, I kind of wrote my own programs and that felt cool as fuck too. Sorry, maybe I shouldn't say fuck. That felt cool as hell. Now this next one, I could not stress enough. I could not stress it anymore. I feel like it's going to come at absolutely no surprise, but never underestimate the power of a gosh darn walk. Whether you are walking outside or you're walking on the treadmill, you're doing 12, 330, which is walking at an incline of 12 miles per hour of three, right? For 30 minutes. I forgot. Either way, walking is so darn good for you. It's amazing. Not only is it good for you physically, and it will end up helping you lose weight if that is an objective of yours, but it's also just so positive for the mind. Every single day for 75 hard, I've been going on a walk with Keith and Reese for the past, I think I'm on 59 days now, which is absolutely insane. But yes, I've been walking outside for 45 minutes for 59 days in a row, which sounds absurd saying it out loud, but I used to be almost like so pessimistic about going on walks. I would have the idea in my mind and I would just get very negative and I'd say, I don't want to go on a walk. We do the same walk all the time. Like I get tired of walking around the block, blah, blah, blah. But I never feel that same way after I'm finished walking. I always feel more energized. I always feel happy I went. My mood has always improved. I'm way less negative. There are just so many great benefits that come from doing a walk. Now, if you're going to go on the treadmill and you're going to do something like 12, 3, 30, where you're going to walk at an incline, I highly recommend this as well. If you have access to a treadmill, this is amazing. Basically, you're just going to be pushing your body a teeny bit harder than you would maybe on a normal walk because you're walking at an incline. So not only is this good for your core because you're probably engaging it to be walking up a little bit of a hill, but it's also good for your legs. It's good for your glutes. I even sometimes use weights in my hands, which is good for my arms or my shoulders, my back, whatever. Especially if you don't know how to get motivated, take a 20 minute walk. Even just walking my dog outdoors sometimes, I'm like, oh yeah, the world is still happening. Like, whoops, I can leave my apartment, God forbid. Next up, and not to sound too condescending here, but listen to a good podcast to get motivated. And I don't mean like, listen to Don't Get It Twisted. Although 
You can if you like, but you know, wow, what a shocker, what a motivational tip, Taylor. But I don't know what it is about podcasts, but listening to them gets me in such a productive mood. It is my absolute favorite thing to do, especially when I'm going on walks. I love turning on a podcast. It could be something totally mindless, like it could be... I like listening to Pretty Basic with Alicia Marie and Remy Cruz. I think that they are just really fun and lovely and they're best friends. So sometimes it feels like I'm talking to my best friends or other times I want a little bit of a news update. So I will listen to The Daily or I'll listen to... Uh, some other type of news podcast. Every single morning I listen to The Morning Toast, which is a pop culture podcast, which is also pretty much mindless because they don't normally report on huge major world news unless it's something that's, you know, very glaringly evident and needs to be discussed. But when I turn on my podcast, I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel so businessy maybe like so professional especially if I'm like trying to do house chores or something I'll put in my airpods I'll play my podcast and then I'll start doing dishes I'll start doing laundry I'll clean up like whatever it is I start just getting into that groove where I'm getting ish done I'm feeling good about myself all because of good podcasts. I would also like to baptize all of you into the planner community. If you are not already a member of the planning committee, the party planning, party planner, planning committee that plans planners, welcome. Hi, it is lovely to have you. If you are needing to get school assignments done, if you're needing to get work done, if you need to get social media work done and you don't have a planner or you are not using Google Calendar or just the calendar on your phone, let me introduce you to the beautiful world that is staying organized, staying on top of things. Planning everything helps me so darn much. Sometimes I will plan out my days to a T. Sometimes I will plan them out by every 30 minutes, every hour. Sometimes it's just, you know, one little thing, one little thing on the, the to-do list for the day. Either way, welcome. Welcome to the community. We are so grateful to have you. I hope that you are able to use this as your motivation to get your schoolwork done by entering in your assignments to the planner, by completing all of your tasks that you need to get done, and just feeling all around better about yourself because you are organized and a part of the planning community. And on top of that, we in the planning community also love a designated workspace. This is so darn important and I didn't realize it until I had one myself. But there's this weird thing that happens when you try and do work in spaces that are also for pleasure or for leisure. For example, when I was in school, I would always do my work in bed. I'd sit there with my laptop, I'd get a paper written, I would get my reading done, whatever it was, I would always try and do it in my bed. Or even I would try and do it at my desk, which was adjacent to my bed, like literally not even separated, they were attached. How is that helpful for you when you're trying to go to bed at night? How is that helpful for you when you're trying to relax and then you remember that you were just writing your paper at that station right next to your pillow and you're trying to go to sleep, but you can't because you're thinking about the gosh darn paper that you were writing seconds before in your bed sheets or next to your bed. You need to have a separation of work and play or whatever it is. It needs to be something very physical and very apparent, whether that means you're in school and you go to the library consistently, you go to your student union building, or maybe you're working from home for the duration of time and you need to have an actual desk, or maybe it's just a coffee table that's set apart from where you normally relax. Make sure that you have a designated workspace. Now this is a fun one and a fun one to probably end on. Even when you don't want to, when you wake up in the morning, force yourself to get ready. Especially right now when it is summer or you are working from home, it is so easy to roll out of bed, 
stay in whatever pajamas or manner that you're already in and just carry on with your day. Make your coffee, get started on work. But if you take like 20 minutes that you normally would have taken to actually get ready for work, to commute to work even, and you take that time to do your skincare, you change your clothes, you make your cup of coffee, just like you normally would, you're going to be in a much better headspace. I didn't do this for the longest time in quarantine. I would basically roll out of bed. I would, you know, brush my teeth and whatnot, but then I would pretty much flip open my laptop and I would just get going with my day. Then I started actually like putting on an outfit and this sounds wild, I know, but sometimes I'd even put on jeans, I'd put on a dress, I would put on even like a better pair of sweats. Like I would change from sweats to leggings or from leggings to sweats. Like it doesn't really matter as long as you're changing your clothes your headspace is going to already be in the mindset of, oh, I'm doing something else. I'm not lounging anymore. I'm not sleeping. I'm getting ready for something bigger, better, amazing. Not many things much better than sleep. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. But you get my point. And I used to commute to work for a fat chunk of the morning. Like, it was a chunk of time. So why can't I take 20 minutes to change my clothes, do my skincare, coffee, breakfast, whatever, if I could normally take an hour or so to get to work, plus getting ready for work. And even if I have a big fat schedule of nothing all day long, like I'm serving myself up a big platter of nothing to do, I'll guarantee you that even though I have nothing to do all day long, I'll almost end up wanting to do shit because I'll feel so damn good about myself. Time for my favorite part of the podcast where I actually get to talk with you all. I get to engage with you. We get to chat about your questions of the gosh darn week, which I ask you all on my Instagram at Taylor Woods with two L's. If you're ever interested in participating in any of the questions, I post them probably on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, I think. But either way, maybe, I don't know, turn on post notifications. Is that annoying? Maybe, but I used to do that for people. (laughs) How do you keep yourself accountable for your workouts and handle a consistent YouTube upload schedule? Um, I think... This is hard for me to answer because a lot of my YouTube content comes around me also doing workouts. So sometimes I will film the workout that I'm doing for the day, which also is considered my YouTube filming, if that makes sense. But there is also a lot of filming that I do that's not just workout related. So really it comes down to prioritizing my time, making time for the workouts. And if you're somebody who has a channel or a platform yourself or an Instagram or just a life, I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is probably work out right when you wake up in the morning. I know a lot of people love to do this. I strive to do this, but most of the time I just can't get myself to do it if I'm being honest. I used to for the longest time, but I just cannot subscribe to that early alarm clock anymore. It just does not exist in my life. But I would say that's the easiest way to just get up and get it over with or I shouldn't say get it over with to enjoy the workout and then you have the rest of the day to work on whatever content work school work whatever it is when you don't see results or you are feeling down about how you look and feel what's the best thing you can do to keep yourself motivated to do it again the next day there's a few things that I do I'll start to really evaluate with myself am I doing everything that I told myself I would be doing or am I being honest with myself 
in actually committing to a better lifestyle. For example, a lot of times I'll say to myself, I'm going to be eating really darn healthy this week. I'm going to, you know, just keep track of what I'm eating. Maybe I'm going to switch to eating only whole foods instead of processed foods, et cetera, et cetera. But then I think back on it and I remember, you know, I let myself have a few treats here and there. And sure, that's not a bad thing. You know, treat yourself here and there. All food is guilt-free. But if I told myself I was going to be eating healthy and then I didn't, that's me not keeping a promise to myself. That's me not living up to what I promised. So I'm going to motivate myself for the next day, for tomorrow, to actually stick to what I told myself I was going to do. I also get into that mindset that I talked about earlier where I start small because otherwise I can just honestly get so down in the dumps that I don't want to do anything at all, especially in regards to fitness, because I just feel so bad about myself. So I will start small by doing a walk or I'll start small by doing a five minute ab workout. And then you start to feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more in your skin, you know? And when you start to focus more on how you're working out, how it's making you feel, what workouts you actually enjoy, you'll probably end up seeing results when you're not even focusing on them. I preach this like every podcast I feel like, but if you feel like you're not actually seeing results, try taking progress pictures because I feel like I could say that I haven't changed whatsoever while doing 75 hard. And I tell myself that constantly, but I have been taking a progress picture for 59 days now. And I can genuinely look back at picture number one and notice only when I'm looking at that picture that I am not the same person. But in this moment, I feel like nothing's changed. I feel like I've hit a plateau. Are there any cures to procrastination? Because I'm struggling. Although I am a member of the party planning committee, I am also a leader and a founding member of the procrastination station. So I am with you on this one. As much as I like get down on myself for being a procrastinator, it's just kind of, it's in me. It's there. It's happening. It's alive. And she's doing very well. So I don't try and get like too down in the dumps about procrastinating because I just kind of know like that's, so that's what I do. But I know something that does help me consistently is almost getting the really hard thing done first. Like if I wake up in the morning and I have one really big thing to do that day, but then the other little minute tasks are also there too. Sometimes I just want to get that one really big task out of the way and then I end up feeling 400 times better and I can procrastinate all the minute tasks all day long. But you almost have to act so quickly that you trick your brain out of thinking that you're not actually procrastinating because your brain wants to procrastinate. That doesn't make any sense. But the minute you wake up, get something done, be productive in that moment, and then you'll be productive all day long. Also, make your bed. I started doing this every single day and I feel like the queen of the world. There's this whole speech that I've seen online before about how making your bed first thing in the morning sets you up to being productive and having a successful life. I highly recommend you Googling this and checking it out. I'm sure it will pop up. I don't even know what it's called, but it's pretty darn popular. And it's this speech that somebody gave at a college graduation. So make your bed in the morning and then maybe you won't procrastinate. But I don't know, as a leader of the procrastination station, I'm here to let you know that it's okay and we welcome all new members as well. What motivates you to work out? I really wanna lose weight, but sometimes I'm just too tired. Honestly, you all motivate me to work out. I always want to make sure that I'm making good content for you and I'm I'm keeping to my promises and I'm you know, becoming a better person because of you. So you all motivate me endlessly. I mean, I get really tired as well, and I know not all people like this, but sometimes I resort to caffeine to try and help myself, whether that's coffee, whether that's pre-workout. Sometimes those things can help if you're feeling honestly very tired. And then I think about if I really don't want to work out that day. 
but I could sit on my phone for 30 minutes on TikTok? What if I just took five of those minutes and I did a plank workout? Or what if I just took five of those minutes and I did a little booty workout? The time is gonna pass anyways, so how are you going to make it work for you? What is one habit that got you through school? By the way, love you. Love you too, Elena. Honestly, my planner, for sure. I tried to use the same planner for all four years of high school and all four years of college because it helped me keep consistent year after year and I just stayed on top of putting in my assignments. I tried not to write like too far in advance. I know some people like to put all of their assignments in from the syllabus like day one, but the teachers changed those up so darn much and I would write them in pen and then I'd get so mad when I would have to cross it out, like it looked so fugly. So I didn't do that, but I tried as much as I could to write in advance all of the assignments or tests that I had to do. I lived out of my planner. I wrote my activities down, my meetings down. Having something that feels ritual helped me immensely, I think. How do you get creative with your meals? Like not eat the same thing every day? Um, this is a great question because I have always been somebody so against meal prep. Like not against meal prep, but I just know it could never work for me because even if I made two or three different protein options, two or three different veggies or something, I would get so bored. I can't do it. I just can't. I hate eating the same thing every single day. Even if we make a boatload of rice and then we eat the rice for the whole week, by day two, I'm like, oh my God, I am a piece of rice. I am literally turning into a rice myself. Like I am Mrs. Rice. I just can't do it. So I try and think of a few different things that I can cycle through, especially when it comes to like my favorite meals. So for example, breakfast, best meal of the day, most important meal and most delicious. So I try and do variations of like my four staples, which is usually yogurt, a smoothie, oatmeal or a sweet potato. Now with smoothies, you can get creative as heck. You know, you can throw in any sort of different variations of fruit or protein or greens, and you can have so much fun with that. So I think that's a fun way of staying healthy, but also changing things up. Sweet potatoes, you can put an egg on top. You can put cashew butter on top. That's kind of the only options I have at the moment, but both of those are really good. Oatmeal, you can totally get creative with too. Throw cashew butter, throw peanut butter in your oatmeal, throw protein powder in your oatmeal. Oh my gosh, give it a try before you hate on me. I swear these things, oh, so good. Add a whole bunch of berries, add coconut shreds, like make it fun, like try and shake up your normal breakfast routine and then you're gonna feel just happier about your meal. And even though you might be eating the same nutritional thing every single day, you might be able to switch up what kind of ingredients you're throwing in there. And then it just feels like you're having a little party, a little breakfast party, party of one, but it's with you and your oatmeal. It's really great. Do you have a set schedule for your day for things like working out, studying, etc.? I definitely used to. I feel like now, especially in quarantine, I have a lot more of freedom when it comes to time constraints. When I was in school, I would have to pretty much timetable things down to the hour. But nowadays, especially in quarantine, I try, I really do, but sometimes I just go based off of what my motivation is for that day which admittedly is sometimes pretty darn low. Now I think I just try and do the things that I have set on my to-do list for the day, but I don't have a set schedule for when I do them. 
I probably should, if I'm being quite honest, but I feel like there's so much going on in our heads and our bodies and our environment. I want to try and give myself, and I think it, you should do the same, so much grace when it comes to trying to just be positive in this time period. We are still living through a global pandemic, and I know there's a lot of places that are doing really well right now. There are a lot of places that are not, but either way, there's just a lot of mental stress. There's a lot of anxiety. There is a lot of physical constraints. So do what you can to maximize your motivation when you find it, but I wouldn't be too hard on yourself on having a strict schedule every single day. Also, especially if you're listening to this and it's just summer for you, like live your life, do your thing. I miss summer so much. I wish I still had summer. I wish I was 17 again. I think that was my favorite age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Dancing queen, only 17. So live your life. Just enjoy your summer. Favorite study snack, popcorn. Oh my gosh, popcorn all the time. Popcorn or pretzels, obviously, but I try to also not eat too much when I'm studying because I'm such a mindless snacker. Like I'll just go ham on the snacks while I'm typing on the keyboard and then it's just really bad habits. But yeah, I love popcorn so much. If you want something a little bit more healthy, you could do like blueberries or unsalted mixed nuts, like something like that. Also, sometimes it's fun to just like take a huge study break and then do something yummy like a big old pizza party gosh you guys make me feel like i want to be in college again who would have thought quick health meals you eat when stressed with study i would say oatmeal is a really good one especially because oatmeal is going to help you feel fueled for your entire study session especially if you throw in even protein powder it's going to help you feel a little bit more full or cashew butter with the fat is going to make you feel delicious I should just promote cashew butter like as a living like it doesn't need to be any particular brand just the idea the concept the deliciousness of cashew butter. I could just live my life promoting sweet potatoes and cashew butter and pretzels. I'm just an ambassador for food. What was your first job or what are some tips for getting a job? My first job was working at a cupcake stand, which was actually at the fair, like my local fair. And this was a really good way to actually get into working in general because I was young at the time. So I was really nervous to try and get into working in general. Like I didn't know how to approach an employer like I didn't know what to do but I had a really good friend who is still a mentor to me even though she's only one year older than me but she just felt very experienced in the workspace and she started working maybe a year or two before I did so she kind of had an upper hand on how to approach people or what should a resume even look like and having a mentor like that helped me immensely because she gave me a lot of confidence to just walk up to people and even just present them my resume and say like hi I'm an eager individual I would love to help you if you have any space or if you don't please keep me in mind for something that might open up in the future and that gave me a lot of confidence moving forward when it came to the cupcake stand that was kind of like a fluke thing because at least the way that fairs work where I am from like a county fair they need people to come and work that are local to the area they're a traveling fair they don't really have the time or maybe the resources to be able to hire full-time employees to travel with them, you know, from county to county all summer long or all year long. So I basically ended up going to the fairgrounds before the fair was even open as they're setting up and handed out my resume to a few different places that maybe needed help. And the cupcake stand was one of them. So that was super easy for me. It was my first introduction to having a paycheck or just, you know, working in a professional environment 
professional environment. It was a cupcake stand at the fair, but you get my point. But it made me a lot more confident and it was just very easy going. And I feel like if you could get a job that's a lot more easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl in the beginning can probably help you moving forward, just gaining more confidence in yourself. Thank you again so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you're feeling maybe a little bit more motivated after listening to this. And if you're not, then it's okay too. You don't have to always feel motivated or be in that mindset. That's exhausting. Like who the heck wants to be motivated all the darn time? Like take time for yourself. Remember that we're in a pandemic. Remember that it's summer. Be kind to yourself. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. Stay tuned for another episode next Monday where we are going to get a little bit untwisty, baby. Email me any questions you have, hello at twistypod.com or DM me on Instagram at taylorwitz with two L's. I love you all and I will talk to you in the next one. Bye.